Siege by James Mason Playing the Ball as It Lies Quote, We are parliamentary by compulsion. End quote. Said Adolf Hitler during the Kampfzeit period in Germany from 1925 to 1933. Because Germany was still essentially sound under the surface in 1923, the open revolt did not work, nor catch on with the populace, apart from being betrayed from inside by conservative swine. And because German society and institutions were still basically sound at the time, Hitler and his putschists were looked upon quite sympathetically and favorably by those presiding at the trial in 1924, which resulted in less than a year's incarceration. That German court gave Hitler less than a year for high treason. The system here today gives patriots 50 years for charges they were framed on for doing nothing. What had prompted the Munich Putsch was the apparent bottoming out of German law and order and economy. But that drastic move was premature because the Weimar regime, filthy and rotten as it was, still had more than one gasp left in it. The economy actually rallied that point up until the World Depression of 1929, which sent a stampede of desperate Germans no longer complacent into the ranks of Hitler's party. The point is that German institutions were yet healthy enough to work within, and indeed too healthy to try to overthrow, as the communists had already found out the hard way. The problem was a thin coating, or scum, if you will, of traitors at the top. Because of Hitler's correct assessment of the situation, and the firm course he had set his party on accordingly in 1925, the history of the NSDAP from until the Machtergreifung, the taking of state power, is an unbroken, uninterrupted, uphill climb. We of the NSLF are revolutionary party, by compulsion. We are the first to realize that no popular revolt can be contemplated at this time, as the only thing popular at the moment is further pleasure and more diversion among the quivering masses. The society is in shambles, and the economy slips more every day. But most would, and will, be surprised to learn just how much further it can deteriorate before the situation can be termed critical. We also realize that nothing, absolutely nothing, by the way of Anglo-Saxon institutions remain intact. And this effectively means that America, as it had been known for about 150 years, has been wiped more cleanly than if it had been defeated in a sudden war. This actually had been Germany's case, and was what had allowed for her resurrection within only 14 years. The United States went the worst way a country can, terminal cancer, but yet, historically, even that process was quick, 
quick enough to leave enough white men with some ability to still think and act as white men. The rest is up to us. The polarization of the people and the government is so total that few, even among the movement, can grasp its fullness. Perhaps the best way to be sure that we are the prime representatives of the people is to be aware that no one is further alienated from the ruling, governing establishment than we. We call ourselves a liberation front, and not a party, because we hold no illusions about ever being able to realize anything concrete through parliamentary measures. How could such a movement succeed when the people themselves don't care and the ruling body, left, right, and center, unanimously stonewalls against us? The voices and opinions of the system might put forth varying opinions on any topic or issue, save one, us. We are now and forever strictly O-U-T. But we know why we are out and they know why we are out. So there should be no conflict on that. They are the establishment. We are the revolution. These are the rules of their choosing, not ours. But they are the reality of a situation as harsh as it is immutable. It is war. Only a fool and a weakling would ask for it to be otherwise. The one fundamental reason the hard right movement in this country has perennially gone nowhere is because it has never fully comprehended this one fundamental reality, and it has never been set upon the proper course as was Hitler's national movement in Germany. To describe the past twenty-odd years of rightist and even Nazi effort in the United States as inappropriate is to put it as accurately and charitably as possible. Set upon an inappropriate course with inappropriate ideals and priorities, inappropriate methodology, etc. Little wonder, then, why we have been plagued with such miserably inappropriate and wholly inadequate human resources. It is the reason quality human material doesn't stay around long. The movement has been off base at the very foundation, which means that no matter how carefully or skillfully the framework might go on, it is all foredoomed to collapse, as it has always done. There has always been talk of a new order and a new world. Those are easy slogans too easy, in fact, because their meaning is mostly lost. Their meaning directly implies a total change. Given the graduality of the decline of American society and culture over the past 30 or 40 years, it's hard for any comparatively young person to appreciate how far we've sunk and to know from that just what we've lost and what must be recaptured and through national socialist discipline and idealism enhanced and reinforced supercharged to become something greater 
than has ever been seen on the earth. Even Hitler did not face such a task as we face. Being aware of this, then, the notion of even attempting or remotely desiring to become a part of the unspeakably vile and sick establishment and system is utterly revolting to any true national socialist. To sit amongst the sold-out and degenerate Senate and Congress in the Capitol? Even Hitler refused to seat his new government in the same halls as the Weimar regime, or the imperial government, liberally laced as it was with Jews. He wanted a new beginning. Our enemies are vile, and only appear legitimate, because of the power that comes with money. We state here and now that we shall smash them, and furthermore, that they are helpless to prevent it. The road may be long and rocky, but the moment will arrive, and both our will and our striking blows shall be irresistible. No recognition and no cooperation today means no compromise and no quarter shown tomorrow. No favors rendered today means no obligations to fulfill tomorrow. Not asking today means not being told tomorrow. If we do not accept and function by the circumstances as they exist, we not only condemn ourselves to eternal failure, but we miss the opportunity now given for a revolution more total and complete than anything ever before in history. Vanguard Radio. No Jews. Just right.